the sleepers who could turn out to be nightmares. Let's talk to the pros. It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizapia, and welcome to Fantasy Pros, the home of fantasy sports. It is me, it is our guest, Casey Bubba, and it's you. And today we got a great show for you, as always, but this one is especially special, which is really nice alliteration, I think. I could be wrong, I'm not sure, but our guest today is Casey Bubba, who is my podcast partner for many, many, many episodes of the DFS show at Line Star. Uh, you can also check him out, obviously, on Benched with Bubba, and he does some arc at ITL as well with my boys Bogman and Welsh. He's one of my favorite folks. You can tell if you're watching us on the YouTube channel, we're also very much in tune in terms of style. We like the beards. We like the bald heads. We've definitely got our own thing going on, but Bubba and I got a great show for you today. Today, we are going to talk about the best mid-round targets because the first three or four rounds are easy. That's cake. We want to talk about the guys in the middle, the glob, where you can separate yourself, where the value is, where the people are that can really have a positive impact on your fantasy team. And we're also going to talk about the sleepers because everybody talks about the sleepers and how much they love this guy and that guy. And what happens is they talk so much about sleepers that eventually they become overvalued and they could potentially, some of them, kill your team. But we're going to save you from all that. And we're also going to play a little get to know me. Actually, you know what? No, we're not going to do get to know me today. We're going to do a different game with Bubba. We're going to play Would You Rather with Bubba. That's right. We already know Bubba. I know you too well, Bubba. We're not going to do that. We're all going to get to your questions too for some mailbag. But Bubba, first and foremost, welcome to the program. Buddy, how are you? I feel like I haven't talked to you face-to-face in way too long, so it is good to see your handsome, bald, bearded face along with my handsome, bald, bearded face together once again. Yes, it is great to chat with you and see you, my friend. It's always fun. Uh, it wasn't too long ago. It was every morning about uh, 5 to 6 <laughs> o'clock my time. We, we chatted up some baseball, so it is great to uh, get to do this again as the baseball season's coming up. It looks like, you know, we talked about it last year. Things got kind of goofy at times. We look like we'll have a full season this year, so that is great, great to see. Yeah, we had no small task ahead of us last year doing a DFS show in the mornings, trying to make that relevant by the time we got to game time during the pandemic. It was tough, but we crushed it. I mean, look, I'm going to do a little... Yep. little Tommaso Ciampa for you NXT fans, a little pat on the back. I'm a little <laughs> excited there. Uh, and Bubba and I, you know, Bubba's a great DFS guy, great baseball, football guy. He does it all. And you can follow him on Twitter at BDentrek. Again, that's B-D-E-N-T-R-E-K. Uh, he does work at Fantasy Degens. He does work at Rotoballer. He does work everywhere. And uh, we're very grateful to have him today. So before we get into all these lists that we got for you, we got some really important names to discuss. I want to tell you and remind everybody that Friday's the big day, and we are going to have an all-star cast for Fantasy Baseball Fest. That's right. Friday, Dan Harris, me, all-star cast, unbelievable group of people. We got the Bubba. We got the Eric Cross. We got Bogman, Welsh, Nick Pollock, Alex Fast. Uh, Chris Meany, Ariel Cohn. If I'm forgetting somebody, it's because all the names are so big and I can't remember all of them. They, they kind of leak out of my brain. And there's only one way for you to watch it. And that's if you go to youtube.com, go to Fantasy Pros MLB. Again, that's Fantasy Pros MLB. That's our YouTube channel. I know we have the regular Fantasy Pros. This one's special just for baseball. 
because we like to keep the baseball separate away from Yates and Tags because they get all grumpy when we talk about the different size ball. They don't understand it, but luckily I do, and I got you, and we're going to take you through that. So it's going to be a fun live stream. It's going to be this Friday on the 12th of March from noon to 4 Eastern. Again, that's noon to 4 Eastern. Go to Fantasy Pros MLB channel on YouTube. Subscribe, click the notifications button, and you'll be in with the cool kids, and that's where you want to be. Also... I want to let everybody know that uh, we've also got to some other fun stuff going on here, which is uh, our MLB draft assistant. So we're here to help you prepare for all these drafts that you got going on, but we're also going to give you the tools to be successful with that. And our MLB draft assistant with Sync is just that. You can sync your league's actual draft room, room live and up-to-the-minute advice from nearly all league settings, and it gives you the perfect odds so that any player will get picked before your next turn, and it works with your Draft Wizard cheat sheets, which you can also use too, and it's compatible with auction leagues also, which I know the auction people are always looking for good tools to help them out. So our MLB Draft Assistant with Sync, you sync it to your league, you sync it to your draft, and basically it's like us being in the room with you, and, you know, short of me getting on a plane... Uh, especially during the pandemic. It's a little weird right now. So this is the second best thing besides me or Dan Harris coming to your draft live. So go get that MLB draft assistant with sync. Go to fantasypros.com slash draft wizard. Again, that's fantasypros.com draft wizard uh, slash draft wizard, excuse me. And you can get in with that draft assistant and get ready for your drafts. Now, Bubba, you and I have been doing a lot of drafts already. I know you've been in it. So how are your drafts going? Let's just talk about that first. I know there's the Raz Slam and the TGFBI and all these things that we're in. Are you happy so far with how your drafts are going this season? Um, I'm I'm okay with it. Like Tout Wars last week was great. That was fun. Um, uh -huh. TGFBI, it's slowing down quite a bit. But uh, that one stung. Uh, I talked about it with uh, Bogman last week. I am a huge Fran Bravaldis fan, as you are. Mm. I drafted him. <laughs> The morning the news came out, literally, I watched his start the day before, saw the hit, things were good, just no big deal, no news, make the pick, two hours later, the news comes out, and boom goes the dynamite. So, oh, that gosh. stung, that has kind of made me re-avert the way I've picked a few players I usually probably wouldn't pick. So, uh, we're going to see how that team turns out. Raz Slam, so far, so good, it's a different format, so it kind of makes you think a little differently, which I enjoy. Mm -hmm. I know you're a more of a points-based, or not always a points-based guy, but you do a lot of points-based work in the, the black book so that uh, becomes very interesting as well i'm a points league guy you could say it i'm yes. not i'm not well, ashamed i didn't, didn't want to pigeonhole you i'm not a shame guy like that Look, so i don't go it's, there it's like, really hard to pigeonhole me at this point <laughs> in my career i'm telling you right now i'm a points league guy i have no apologies i don't like roto i play roto it's just not my favorite thing okay yep. i don't think a stolen base should be as important as a home run and i don't think a save should be as important as a win there sure. i said it okay like, fair enough See that? And I also hate two catcher leagues. So I just uh, can, yes. I, I don't uh, well, know if anyone's ever heard me say that, but that's that's new <sighs> to me. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> also, by the way, Framber Valdez. For those who don't know, you know, I actually mentioned it to Dan Harris. He was kind of like our unofficial mascot uh -huh. of the pod we did last year, and I used to come on quite a bit, and I used to sing a little tune. Yep. Whoa, Framber is the color of my energy. <laughs> Whoa. I like quality starts from you and me. Whoa. And you know what? I got to tell you, man, I'm bummed because yeah. that, that whole ring finger thing, it's like, oh, oh, okay. He'll miss a couple weeks. And then it was like out for the year. And now we're not sure. Uh, I will, I will do my best. I will think good thoughts. I will send the positive vibes as the kids like to say yep. to you and Framber and everybody else out Appreciate there. Appreciate so, it. Let's talk about the guys in the mid round. And what does this mean? This means the guy somewhere between 100 and 280 P where there's value. And 
Certain positions are deeper than others. We all know that. And what's great at Fantasy Pros is we have that ECR and the ADP, and you can compare the two. And the ECR is the expert consensus rankings, where you get all the experts to go in and make their rankings. You could put your rankings in there as well and kind of, you know, toggle between and see what you're doing there. And also check out the ADP and see where there might be some differentials. But what we're going to try to do is try to help you out and give you some names that we keep finding on our teams that we think are good returns on investments and maybe have some more upside. And again, if you want to see that ECR and ADP, you go to fantasypros.com slash MLB rankings. Again, that's fantasypros.com slash MLB rankings. And you can kind of see some of these names we're talking about. You get little news clips as well, which is really cool. You can even get sound bites from guys like me, Joey P. So let's start with number one on your list. And I'll tell you what, Bubba, I just want to say off the top, every single one of your guys I've got on teams already. So <laughs> your guys and my guys are probably going to be the same kind of guys. I am not overlapping with you. I want to give the seal of approval to every name that Bubba's going to tell you <laughs> because these are definitely Joe guys. And of course, that means they're Joe guys. That means they're Bubba guys too. And I love that. So let's start with number one, which is Marcus Simeon of the Toronto Blue Jays now. So take me through your thoughts on Marcus. I, I love the fact that, uh, A, there are guys, but uh, <laughs> B, B, Marcus Simeon gets out of that just gigantic stadium in Oakland and goes to, well, Dunedin or Buffalo or Toronto. It might be three places this year. We'll see. <laughs> but re regardless, they're all going to be hitters ballparks. He's going to a great lineup. And you had Mike Curlin on last week, and his um, spring training sheet is very, very nice to look at daily because you see guys like Marcus Simeon in this very crowded lineup hitting in second pretty much every single day. So you're telling me he hits in front of Vlad and Telez and Teoscar and Gurriel and whoever else power-wise is going to be there. That's outstanding for one. Um, he's coming off a down season in 2020. People see a 223 average and all that goodies. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let that one kind of slide on a weird season. When he had back-to-back -back seasons of 159 and 162 games, over 700 at-bats, he plays pretty much every day. He gets you power and speed. And the most important part that if you're not paying attention and you're just seeing that shortstop by his name, he will gain second base eligibility within about a week mm -hmm. and a half. And that moves him up so much when it comes to drafting. Like the shortstop right. position, we talked about the depth. Second base now, you can take him above a guy like Tommy Edmonds, who people take because you're thinking, okay, little steals, whatever, multi-position, okay. Mm -hmm. Simeon's a lot better than Tommy Edmonds. Hate to break it to people. Um, so you, you can move him up the list there at second base, and that makes a kind of icky position become so much nicer. I, I, I think he's in for a huge season in Toronto. You could tell Bubba has a small child because he uses <laughs> words like icky right now. You know, when you have children under around the age of one and under, yeah. you, you use words like icky in your vocabulary, and you don't think twice about <laughs> no, it. No, it but, just uh, flows off the tongue. It just flows off the tongue, <laughs> and I remember those days very well, my friend. Let me tell you, I do. Uh, let's uh, And you know what? Everything Bubba said is right about Marcus Simeon, I just want to reiterate that. And he makes a great point about that eligibility too. And depending on where he is in that lineup, and if he is in the two spot or somewhere close to the top, man, this is going to be a great spot for him to bounce back. And we'll see where he ends up in terms of, uh, you know, obviously the, uh, the, the that lineup can potentially compete in terms of run scored with teams like the Yankees. I mean, they really can. They, their upside is there, especially if Vlad does break out. All right, let's start with the fifth guy on my list, and it's Alec Baum. Alec Baum right now, you know, I'm always kind of careful with the young players, but every now and then I get really excited about one. And I watched a bunch of Alec Baum this past weekend, and I can tell you, I just got very excited by the at-bats he took. It's how hard he's hitting the ball, it's how free and easy the swing is, it's the confidence at the plate. 
And this is what you want to see out of a young player. He's also in a lineup that's got Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins and hopefully eventually JT Realmuto. And I think Alec Baum doesn't have a lot of pressure on him like some other young players might. And Alec Baum right now is a guy that could qualify at first and third, depending on the eligibility rules in your league. Uh, a terrific acquisition in terms of a corner guy, if you can get him there instead of a starting uh, first or third baseman. But I'll tell you what, Alec Baum for me is the real deal. I think he's a young player worth investing in. And I think there's an outside chance that he might be one of these players where we step back and we look out at 2022 and go, wow, what a breakout year for Alec Baum. This guy really came on. And on top of that, Bubba, this is a very home run friendly home ballpark. And that's something you and I would always look at and being the DFS guys that we are. This is a guy that I think you're going to want in your season-long leagues, but you're also going to look at DFS as well. So Alec Baum is that guy for me. Next on your list is another Philly, which is Reese Hoskins, which, once again, I feel like Reese Hoskins, Bubba, is a player that everybody got really excited about. Mm -hmm. He looked like kind of the player you thought he would be. And then he's kind of, I don't want to say regressed, but he just hasn't quite reached superstar potential. And I think that's a little unfair because even though he hasn't reached that, he's still been very good. And I feel like he's getting knocked down for not reaching people's expectations. He's almost like, he's like the ending for Game of Thrones. Like it's still really good. <laughs> and you saw this coming and you should have known what he was, but instead everybody got all bent out of shape. Well, it's not as good as I thought it was be. So therefore I don't like it. So what do you think about Reese Hoskins? Yeah, it's like the ending of WandaVision. You wanted so much more. It was still awesome, I, but you wanted let me so tell much you, more. I thought the ending was WandaVision was great. I thought it was awesome, but you wanted the, the Doctor Strange. You wanted these things to come all together, but we'll get there. Um, all right. But yes, <laughs> I, I don't want to take it down that rabbit hole. Wrong show. But uh, Reese Hoskins, huge fan of his, and you nailed one of the biggest parts I love about it is people are continually downplaying him and kind of disappointed in him, and it's like Reese has been very productive. Reese has been who Reese is going to be, and that's what we had to start accepting. You know, in his big 2018 season, he hit 246. Hit 34 homers, no one complained. Uh, in 2019, he hit 226, still hit 29 homers, but the average dropped, and that made everybody cranky. Last year, 245 yet again in a shortened season. The big thing with Reese Hoskins is walk rate continues to improve, strikeout rate stays the same. Last year, he had the most barrels, uh, barrel, highest barrel rate he's had. His uh, hard hit rate was still the same. His OBP skills are off the chart. So OBP leagues, like I have him in the top, I think six or seven first baseman on OBP. I think he's that good in those formats. But you just have to accept he's not going to hit you for a huge average, but the power is great. You mentioned Philadelphia, that lineup. He just doesn't get the love I think he deserves uh, for a guy that's going to probably get you another 30 home runs this year. Right. You know, 80 to 90, 90 uh, runs in RBIs and hits you about 245 to 250. He's going to be very, very good. That's exactly what I'm looking for for Hoskins. 30 bombs, 250 batting average. 85, 85, something in that yeah. range. That is a great investment between the 100 and 200 range. That's exactly what you want, especially in those Roto Leagues if you're trying to make up for some extra power because you can't have enough power. Yep. You know, I hate when people say, well, there's so much power so I can get it later. No, 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 no. There's so much power, you have to get it early and later if you want to compete because that's the only way you're going to separate yourself in Roto. And I think it's one of the common mistakes people are making in Roto drafts last year and this year. Uh, another mistake people make is getting off of young pitchers with a ton of upside just because everything doesn't break right for them right away. Oh, wow. Sounds familiar, right? Kind of yeah. like the last thing we talked about. But Chris Paddock, everything actually did break right for him right away two years ago. Last year, 
some struggles, but last year was a strange year for everybody. And I think there was also a lot of weight on pressure on Chris Paddock having to be the one. We've seen this in the past with Garrett Cole. We've seen it in the past with Max Scherzer. We've seen it in the past with some of our favorite fantasy pitchers, where eventually when you put other guys ahead of them in a rotation and you take that, you're the young anchor of this rotation pressure off of them, they blossom. That third pitch, I think, will come along this year. I think having you Darvish and Blake Snell there, him being a three or even a four, depending on how what conversation you want to have, goes a very long way for Chris Paddock. And I think Paddock is a really big-time competitor. I think you got to go back to what you saw that first season and love the things you saw and recognize for him, it's about getting confidence in that third pitch. You're starting to see that in spring training a little bit. That's a big positive. And I think this Padres team is going to score a ton of runs. The rest of the division is pretty weak. No offense to your Giants. I don't want to upset you here on the program. Totally fine. (laughs) There's no offense. Three well, Paddock is a guy. Six years, we're good. <laughs> I know, right? Poor you. Uh, but but Paddock is a dude that you could draft as a four, and I think he's going to have some starts that look like ones and twos, and I think that's something to keep in mind. So Paddock is my guy there. Next on this list uh, is a guy that I talk about all the time. So I'm going to take a break, and I'm so glad that Bubba's talking about him because people say, "Joe, will you stop talking about Trey Mancini?" Will you stop it just because the guy's name ends in a vowel like yours? You automatically <laughs> got to go crazy about it. But I do. I do because where are you going to find 3,100 upside with a 280 batting average? And you can see already his ADP has already gone from the 190s to the 170s. It's going to be in the 160s. And if you don't believe me, go to fantasypros.com slash MLB rankings and look for yourself and see the ECR rise and the ADP rise. But Trey Mancini... Look, I feel like the secret's out. I feel like I'm ruining it for everybody. But look, there's still time. It's still a value. I just drafted him in Razzball uh, in the Raz Slam. So for you, where are you at with Trey Mancini and how many shares have you got? Let me be clear real quick. For those that have listened to my show long enough, it's not Trey Mancini. It's Trey Boo Boo. This is Trey our Boo-Boo. guy. Trey Boo Boo. I'm a huge Trey Mancini <laughs> fan here. Um, and people like, you know, obviously that know the story of Trey. So that's why his. ADP was low going into this year. People want to see if he's healthy and all this stuff. But reports have come out great. He's in spring. He's playing every day. Nothing looks like it's going to change. This is a guy coming off a 35 home run season. Um, walk rate continues to improve. You mentioned the batting average. You've talked about him enough, so I don't need to keep going on. This guy is so good in a very hitter-friendly ballpark and a very hitter-friendly division. Mm. That Trey, Trey Mancini is going to be very, very good for the Baltimore Orioles. I could see him getting up to like the 125-ish range. He might be getting picked around Reese Hoskins at one point, making my decisions very difficult. I have a few shares of, of Trey Mancini. I, I plan on getting more shares. The other the nice part about him, he'll have outfield and first base eligibility, which will give you right. some nice flexibility on that team as well. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so many good things there. And uh, yeah, Trey Mancini is our boo. What are you going to do? I mean, he's yep. just... It's just such a good value. And and I understand the people being afraid early on and saying, okay, you know, well, he was cancer. He came back from it. It's a very serious thing. Of course it is. But at the same time, he's back at camp. He's hitting baseballs. He's He seems like everything is going in the right direction. So get in there now. And I'll tell you what, even though the ADP has risen, it's I'm still buying. Enough. It's not high enough. It's not where it should be. He should be closer to Paul Goldschmidt than he is to... You know, some of the guys, like, he's closer to Kyle Seeger, yeah. <laughs> hitters like that, than he is to Paul Goldschmidt, and that's yep. that's just crazy. Uh, for me, next guy on my list is somebody who's ending up on all my teams, and uh, I'm perfectly okay with it. I have said many times, and I will reiterate it again, this is going to be a very weird year for pitching. So, I want pitchers that I know can go out there and give me innings, and good innings, and strikeouts, and wins, and all of the above, I like all of those things. And my daddy used to say, Bubba, 
Youth and skill is no match for old age and treachery. And Charlie Morton is full of old age and treachery. And so am I, for the record, in case you're wondering. <laughs> uh, but Charlie Morton is a guy for me, too. You, you go back and look at the years before 2020, right? Striking out 200 guys, just dazzling, winning ball games, looking great for the Rays. He looked great for the Astros before that. He was going to hang it up. And then... I guess it was the bitter taste in his mouth of the 2020 season. He didn't have a great regular season, but towards the end, he flipped the switch. Towards the end, the velocity came back. And my goodness, he was Charlie Morton of old in the playoffs. I'm buying in on that. I love the new spot in Atlanta for him, or should I say the full circle spot for him coming back to Atlanta. (laughs) And I, I think this is great. I think he was much needed. This was the kind of guy the Braves needed to add last year. They tried with Hamels. It didn't work. I think they got the right guy this time. I'm excited for Charlie Morton. I'm drafting him like a four, and I'm telling you he's going to be like a number two or a 1A most times. They have no reason not to throw him as many innings as possible either. So it's beautiful. This is the end of the road. Yep. This is it. End of the road. Just like that Boys to Men song. I got a lot of singing today. Yeah, you're going to get me started. I almost broke out. I almost broke out. (laughs) To the end of the road. Nobody does that. Oh, sorry. Uh, draft means so much to me. This is not Picks what people signed up for. Oh, it's exactly what they signed up for. And this is why you and I getting yep. together is always fun. Yep. All right. So next on your list is another dude that, again, I think he's on my, you know, he's on my labor team. He is on my TGFBI team. And I'm drafting him everywhere. And I know last year was a disappointment. But... In Roto, we're looking for power and speed. This guy's got both. He's still just 24. His name is Victor Robles. Say his name. Yep. Bubba, tell me about why you're taking chances again on Victor Robles in 2021. Yeah, I've always been Team Victor. And as you know, as a Team Victor uh, partner as well, he gets talked down quite a bit because, oh, his stat cast numbers are so bad. Yeah, I don't care. I really don't. I yeah. Look, I, look, I look at the five Damn numbers. the nerds. Yeah, I look to at the heck five. heck with five. the nerds. <laughs> Just go. Bryce Harper said they don't matter. Go. Um, the five by five categories are very, very important when it comes to Roto, as you mentioned. He's going to hit you 250-ish average, but he has more power than people think. He did, he did it in the minors. He's doing it now. Remember 2019, 17 homers, 28 mm-hmm. steals. That sounds outstanding. And you know what's even better? <laughs> the Nationals want him to lead off. They said it's yes. his job to earn. Ugh. If you give him a leadoff role, because he was batting towards the bottom of the order last year and the year before. Leading off, throw in, say, another 100 at-bats. Maybe he gets on base 35% of that time. Let's factor in 10 to 15 more stolen bases. Like, this is electric. And the run scored, not to mention, with Juan Soto and company behind him. Victor Robles, if he does lead off, is a top 100 player next year, if not higher. Like, he is... I just I, There's so many ways to describe him. He is so undervalued right now if he's leading off. We got him and Buxton on that labor team. Oh, you have like and, a... Oh, that's like... I got like 100 steals almost. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I was... And I and this is my whole thing is I, I keep... You nailed it because I read that same thing about we want him to hit leadoff. Yep. And when they say we want him, that's like, okay, yep. just go out there and try take not it. to suck in the take spring it. and go take a kid and that's yep. where you're going to be. And the DFS player in us sees that and goes, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. And we know what that's going to mean over a full season. And I'm telling you right now, it is so important to hit at the top of that order for him. If he can get there. And even if he doesn't get there right away, Mm -hmm. the fact that that's where their mindset is, is very positive. And I think you have to take that into account. And I want to say that, you know, that is something that you really should in a way overpay for, because I think you're going to see something very special with Victor Robles. And, and again, last year he was what a fourth round pick, fifth round pick. This year he's in the hundreds and you're like, I can't, I can't wrap my mind around how impatient people are. It drives me crazy. It's annoying. I hate it. 
moving on. Another one of Joe's guys who's on all the list, Ian Happ, going to hit leadoff probably for the Cubs. Might qualify at second base and outfield in your league. I don't know what more you want. He's shown you power. He's going to score runs. He's going to probably hit 260, somewhere in that range. If on the high end, if the low end, maybe 250, somewhere in that general vicinity. But Ian Happ right now gives you dual position eligibility. He gives you extra at-bats like we were just talking about, Bubba and I. And on top of which, you know he's got some pop there. And you know he's got an everyday gig. This is simple. There's a lot worse picks you can make in this 1 to 200 range that we're talking about. Ian Happ is not one of them. He is a good pick. I'm telling you right now, I think you're going to be happy with this return. And it just took him a little bit longer to get there. I mean, this was a very high-end prospect for the Cubs, and sometimes it just takes guys a little longer to get there. Now, in your opinion, like Victor Robles, um, you know, Reese Hoskins, you, you know, we talk about these guys, right? It's not that people are wrong. It's just not everybody comes up and is Juan Soto. Yeah. And I think people need to understand that and just wrap their mind around not everybody comes up at 21 and just rakes and becomes the best player in baseball. Some of them take 24, 25, 26 into that age range. They're developing at the big league level, and that's not easy against the best pitching in the world. And, and another thing with these guys that we've mentioned, like their batting averages, everyone's got this high expectation for batting average because of the Juan Sotos of the world, where in reality, right. the average player probably hits 230 to 240. I'm, I'm just off the top of my head. So if you can get a bunch Gross. of like 250 to 255 hitters, you're going to finish in the middle or maybe the top third in average in your league or at least give you a chance to. You throw in a couple of good batting average guys, and now you have a great chance in a roto format to earn a ton of batting average points because you didn't you didn't really punt the position, but you didn't go reaching for it and maybe sacrifice in other categories. So I think getting these guys and that they still excel in three or four other categories is huge, and people just see the average and kind of frown upon it, and I think that's a, a bad move on a lot of people's parts. All right, let's go to uh, the next one here. Um, look, you started with a Marcus. You're going to end with a Marcus. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize you had the bookends yep. here. So from Marcus Simeon to Marcus Stroman, um, look, Marcus Stroman didn't pitch at all last year. I think that is the biggest yep. reason why you see the fall in ADP. So why are you okay with this more than some other people are? I'm 100% okay with this <laughs> because, A, we, you've talked about innings. Yeah, Stroman, 184, 102 in an injured season, but then 201, 204. This guy will go throw innings. And he's working on a new pitch, which looks very, very good so far in spring. We've yeah. seen that before, but that looks very good, which will potentially up his strikeout rates, which is always kind of a bugaboo of his. He throws great ratios out there year in and year out. And one of the biggest things I love is you're looking for innings. This late in the draft, there's not a ton of guys that will give you the upside he gives you innings-wise. And B, um, his social media presence shows you a lot of things. The boy's got a chip on his shoulder. So if, if you want to go mess with him, we saw it in the World Baseball Classic a few years ago, and people said, why is Marcus Stroman starting for Team USA? And he went and dealt. When he is focused and, and wants to dominate, he's one of the better pitchers in baseball. So that year off has dropped his price tag a lot. And if this was 2022 drafts and he does what, he, what I think he's going to do this year, he's going to be going much, much higher. So enjoy the discount at while you can, because I have him in a lot of places. Uh, everything you said and more I'm going to throw into the mix. He's also a great athlete and a great mm -hmm. defensive player, yep. which is the lost art of pitchers who actually field their position. And let me tell you something. 
It doesn't show up in the box score, but it does because he's able to make plays and get to balls and things like that and get outs because of his athleticism. And you see him, he's a very engaged pitcher. He lets go of that ball and he is ready to defend. And it's something you see in, you know, back in the day with Greg Maddox and Mike Hampton and those kind of pitchers, but you don't see it very often anymore. These guys now, they just want to get out of the way. Uh Uh-uh, not Marcus Stroman. He is out there making plays and you're right. The strikeout rate is the one thing you pull back a little bit, but at this ADP, I don't care. Yeah, you don't care. And he's... You don't care. And the, like you mentioned, his athletic ability, he's a ground ball pitcher, and the Mets have shored up that defense behind him with, with Lindor and company. So, like, it's, it's just another wave of success that could be coming his way. And a lot of good – look, I know Dominic Smith isn't the greatest, you know, outfielder, but they brought in a lot of help in the outfield, too. Pilar's yep. a tremendous defender. They got a lot of good guys there. So, um, let's uh, go to my hand at the end and um, – I am the king of this. I am the king of one year telling people, don't draft this guy. It's it's too high. And then the next year, me saying, go get all the shares. Well, the price is right. And the price is right, baby. <laughs> and the price is right for me on Ramon Laureano, who yes. is my fifth outfielder. My fifth outfielder in TGFBI, who I, I remember I was alive in 2019. <laughs> I remember him got, having got a your really good route. I got my member. Remember Ramon <laughs> Laureano? Yeah. I remember him being really good for an entire season with power and speed. And I was one of these people going, that's a nice season. Let's not overvalue it. And then in drafts last year, he was going kind of like right after Victor Robles, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was in that same conversation. And once again, now this is a player going closer to 200 than 100 in terms of ADP. And I'm all over it. I'm in. Uh, the A's are always going to be competitive because they're the A's and because everybody dismisses them every year and we haven't learned yet. I don't know why, but you should. But Loriano is going to give you a batting average. He's going to probably hit somewhere on 15 home runs. If he steals me, look, if he steals me 10 bags, hits 15 bombs, and hits 275, that's a tremendous roto value at around 200. And I'm going to take that every day of the week. And he's pushing that kind of an ADP. And I'll tell you what, that's another name to circle, which is, you know, it's it's always about the right player at the right cost. And because Loriano last year didn't have enough of a track record of being that dude for me. He's a great defensive player, but now he's a great offensive player. And then he kind of blossomed. Well, I think towards the end of the year, you saw him kind of get things right. The small sample size hurt him. This was a bad small sample size last year. And that's one of those things you can take advantage of now in 2021. So those are our guys that you want to target. I'll tell you what, uh, you might want to trade back and get more of these picks mm-hmm. because I'm excited about these guys. If you're in one of those situations where you could do that, do it. And in auction leagues, these are the names that are going to come a little bit cheaper. If you don't want to pay up to the top of the board at shortstop, there's Marcus Simeon. If you don't want to pay up to the top at first base, there's Mancini. Outfielders, you don't want to go at the top of the board for the big power speed guy, find the guys like Victor Robles later, and those are the names to go. So, speaking of names, it's time for sleepers. <laughs> everybody loves the sleepers and we're going to tell you the sleepers that you should just leave in bed and walk away from and not stir them. Let the snooze uh, button just get hit over and over again. And I got to tell you, he's not on my list. I just want to say it out loud. Zero shares of Randy Rosarena. I'm not doing it. I don't care. There's going to be a huge adjustment. The league's going to adjust to him. And I'm telling you right now, it there's, wait for the bold prediction show. Just wait, <laughs> just wait. In a couple weeks when we do that, I'm going to be all fired up. He's not on this list because he's not a sleeper, in my opinion, because his ADP is too high. But this is a player that's getting a lot of buzz that I am out. I am out on at this ADP. And then maybe next year I'll come here on this show, God willing, like my grandmother would say, God willing, we'll all be here next year, Bubba. Yes. And God willing, we'll talk about it and we'll say, well, now you can go buy it on the Rose <laughs> Arena. 
but not this year. So, Bubba, let's start with a sleeper that you're hearing a lot of buzz about that you're avoiding and why. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Nick Madrigal. Okay. Everybody is in love with Nick Madrigal. Um, he's going to start at second base for the White Sox. That's great. Awesome offense, no doubt there. Hits for a very good average. Not going to not gonna argue there. A little bit of stolen base upside. But here's the problem. Zero power. <laughs> zero, zero power. And he's likely betting ninth. And we talk about it with, you know, the upbeat with, like, Victor Robles, and there's been tons of documentation about it where you hit in the order, X amount of at-bats you lose throughout the season. It's not good for uh, Nick Madrigal right. at all. So I am out on him. People have him as a top 200 pick right now. I know second baseman can get wonky, but uh, don't go fortune to hand on Nick Madrigal. If you want a guy for average at second base, wait another 100 picks or 200 picks and get Luis Arias or something. Don't go get Nick Madrigal right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I think you you nailed it, too, because you just gave a comp of a guy that probably is going to have a similar stat line at the end of the day, but not a similar ADP. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start with Casey Mize. And, again, it's not because I don't like Casey Mize. I love Casey Mize. I'm very excited, and the Tigers fans should be excited about Casey Mize, too. The problem is, how much good can come of Casey Mize in this season? And I just don't think enough. So, you, you look at it, you go, yeah, this guy's got great potential, got great talent. Okay, that's fine. But how many wins is he really going to get realistically? How many innings is he realistically going to throw? And all those things are big enough questions for me that I'm just out. Like, if I'm going to throw some darts, I'm throwing some darts and some number fours and fives on good teams like that. I'm throwing darts on Domingo Herman and Davey Garcia and guys like the Yankees if I'm throwing darts late. Casey Mize, it might be a better pitcher than a lot of guys in that grouping. But we're talking about 2021 in redraft. So that's where I want to just kind of pump the brakes with everybody. And if you need, you know... Uh, just go back and look at the track record of some of these young pitchers that first year. It's a lot of stumbling, figuring things out. And then even if they do go well, like Chris Paddock a couple years ago, look at what happened to him, right? He hit the all-star break and they start skipping him, trying to manage the innings. And it's a disaster down the road. So to me, Casey Mize is one of those guys I'm stick staying away from because of that dynasty, different story redraft. That's the story we're talking about here. Uh, I want to talk about a uh, Ryan Mountcastle mm -hmm. with you because that's another dude. Now, He's going so late for me, I'm okay with it. So this one we might differ on. Again, I don't expect him to be as good as he was. But maybe that's your take because maybe you think that some people are. Because that couple weeks where he was just off the charts, that's not something you should extrapolate and expect from Mountcastle. The power's for real. Ballpark's good. But why are you not buying into the hype and the sleeper value of Mountcastle? Yeah, you pretty much nailed it. Like Going into last season, I loved the late-round gamble on him because I do believe his prospect pedigree is pretty darn good. He's got some power. Hits for an okay average in the minors, things you can love. But th hitting 333 last year uh, with five home runs, you, you probably would have wanted more home runs in that uh, time frame. But 333 was good. But let's be real, Joe. Is a 398 Babip sustainable? Probably not. No. Probably not. So no. you're going to take a hit and bat average. Gwynn. Yeah, for Tony Gwynn. For Tony Gwynn. Juan Soto, maybe. Like, yeah. But um, Ryan Mountcastle's average is going to drop. And the biggest thing for me, he's got an ADP of 151 by Fantasy Pros. You know who's got a 145 ADP? Reese Hoskins, you know, has a 163 Ooh. ADP, Trey Mancini. I'll take both of those guys over Ryan Mountcastle right now. Yeah. So he's just being overpriced this season. If he does well, kudos, because I see the pedigrees there. But, man, fall on drafts next year, we'll talk. Like we said, like he's just got too much hype behind him right now. All right. Uh, same thing with hype. Luis Patino, great arm. Kind of like my same thing with Mize. And I just want to, you know, I'm, I'm pumping the brakes on all the great young pitching out there because – yeah, they're super exciting. Yes, the young pitching is is what you you would love to have in those keeper formats. But in redraft, you got to be careful, especially coming off a year where nobody built inning stamina. 
So we are in a really uncharted, unknown territory. And a guy like Patino with the Rays, especially, that's an even tougher sell because now you got a team that will finagle and give guys three, four innings here and have an opener and do this. So what is the path to the win? How many wins could he even get? I don't know. There's a lot of questions and not enough answers for me. And I see a lot of people looking and saying, oh, look at the upside, look at the upside. That's great. But realistically, it's, you know, the upside is really two years down the road. The upside is not in June and July of this year. And I think that's something you just got to understand when you're evaluating some of these young arms. And, and there's going to be a theme here with these guys. I just want to say these names out loud. Yeah, it's okay to draft these guys. If I were you, I'd be drafting them and flipping them off their first couple good starts. If they are breaking camp with the rotation spot, they look great in April and May. Flip them. Go get yourself a package of Charlie Morton back or something like that. Let's go with Edwin Rios on your list next and talk to me about Edwin and why you're avoiding him in 2021. Yeah, this really pains me because I wanted to be all in on Edwin Rios. I <laughs> love the power, but no NLDH hurts him tremendously. Like he would have fit in perfectly mm -hmm. there. And then when they brought the redheaded uh, leprechaun back and Justin Turner, it was, it was, it was, it was too simple to see that move coming. Like it made too much sense, but that just clogged up uh, Rios's playing time. So it's he's going to get Dodgered. He's going to be on the roster. He's going to play a couple times a week. He's going to be very hard to roster. The power is legit. The offensive skills are awesome. But playing time is going to be a massive concern right now. And for that, I am out on Edwin Rios this year. But he's a guy you definitely keep an eye on. Once he plays every day, he'll be worth the price of admission. You're the second consecutive guest this week to use the phrase Dodgered. Yeah. I just want to point that out, which is awesome. I love that. Yep. It's it's fun. We got to get a shirt. Yep. Where's Roto Wear? Get a shirt for Dodgered. Yes, I'm in. <laughs> yep. That, that, that's a good one. All right. Here's another young pitcher for you. Dane Dunning. Oh, look. You know, there's no competition in the Texas rotation. Well, Texas is not a good baseball team, okay? So, you know, Dane Dunning has bounced around to a few different organizations now, and I just want to point that out as well. That doesn't always bode well. I understand you might like what he's doing in the spring. I understand there's some strikeout potential there. I get it. I get him as an investment in a deeper league. I understand taking a shot. But Texas is not a good baseball team. Texas does not have a plan. Texas bullpen is not very good. This is a bad combination of things where these young pitchers, Mize, Patino, Dunning, they're all five-inning pitchers, right? So at the very best, they give you five great innings. Then you've got to pass things over and a bridge to the win with, you know, potentially suspect bullpens for Mize and Dunning. Not so much for Patino. That's an easier sell with Tampa, clearly. But, but with Dane Dunning, we're back into the same kind of thing with Mize, which is it's a team that's rebuilding. Yeah, he's going to probably have a rotation spot. But what does that equate to in terms of productivity? Maybe some good peripherals. But the other thing is, too, the limitations with pitch counts are also going to bring everything down in terms of even if, the, even if he is pitching well, the whip numbers get slightly inflated because every start is five innings instead of six innings. And it's little things like that that accumulate over a full season and actually don't show up in a positive light as much as they should for young pitchers who are actually pitching well. It's something where the ERA, the whip gets inflated because the limitations that are put on these pitchers don't allow it to spread out properly. So it's something to keep in mind. And also, it's not just the young guys. It's some of the old guys on this list too because Lorenzo Cain, I know, is... A guy that I did draft in one or two leagues just for some, you know, cheap steals later on. You know, Lorenzo Cain's always been a frustrating player for me, Bubba, because he looks like a guy that should be a 30-30 guy. Like, he just has that look about him, right? Mm -hmm. Tall, big, strong guy. But he's never been a big power guy. No. He's a 10-12 home run guy. That's who he is. 
I don't have a problem if he's in the top of that Brewers order, but for you, why aren't you buying into Lorenzo Cain with that year off? Do you think that hurts him as an older player, or does it help him? Maybe. It could help him. I get it. And honestly, when I was uh, making my list, I was a lo- he, he showed up on a lot of sleeper lists, which kind of surprised me. But the reason I'm down on, on Lorenzo Cain, a couple things. Each of the last three years before he took the year off, the power numbers continue to drop. Stolen bases are going to continue to drop, too, because he's getting old. And you know what comes with age, Joe? I know you know, and I know. Injuries. Aches and pains. Uh, it's the thing. I thought you were going to say lost hair. Well, no, that I'm happened not, when I was young. So that just yeah, is me part, of the, part of the mess. But um, <laughs> with Locaine, we're talking it's March 10th right now. He still isn't practicing. He still isn't playing. They're hoping he's ready by opening day. They signed Jackie Bradley Jr. Avisla Garcia looks yeah. amazing. I know best shape of your life, whatever. But he looks great. Yelich is not going anywhere. Where's Kane going to play every day? Like, he's not. So this is a really tough pick. Like, I, I get the upside with Kane. If you have a daily moves league or whatever, he's going to have some runs where he's strong. But to expect him to kind of return to those Kansas City Royals days, I wouldn't plan on that. The Jackie Bradley Jr. signing soured me quite a bit on Kane. Yep. And this is one of the downfalls of the early yep. drafting is you go, okay, there's a value on Lorenzo Kane, And then three weeks later, he's still not there at camp, yep. still not playing games. And Jackie Bradley Jr. comes in and all of a sudden you go, ooh, now I don't like it so much. So all of a sudden that that early late shot, if that makes sense, if you're listening, the early late shot you took on somebody doesn't always pay off. It pays off for a guy like Mancini, but for a guy like Kane, maybe not so much. All right. Next on my list is the guy who I think no DH has hurt the most in the National League. It's Dominic Smith. Dominic Smith had a great season last year. You're going to look at these numbers and you're going to want to just take them and multiply them by two and a half and go, ooh wee, it looks good. Here's the problem. He is going to lose at bats late in games for defense. He is going to come out of games. Kevin Pillar is there. Jonathan VR is there. All the guys that end in R are going to be there. And I think you have to understand that there's a good chance that Dominic Smith is going to... You know, seven, eight, nine, sometimes, you know, instead of getting that fourth at bat, it's only going to get three. Uh, Instead of giving that fifth at bat, it's only going to get four, depending on what's going on. And it's okay. It's going to be the way for the Mets to win ball games, but it's going to hurt him on the back end in terms of overall counting stats. And it's not that I'm not still, you know, I like Dominic Smith. He's a phenomenal human being too. He's a great like investment dude because you just know he cares so much. He's going to play so hard. The problem is playing time. And now I'm kind of worried about that a little bit. And it's almost like death by a thousand cuts, right? It's a guy that, you know, maybe over the course of a week, he loses five at-bats. And you know what? In a head-to-head format of any kind, that's something you got to think about and you got to look at. And I I know he's going to give you a great average. If you need average, that's a guy you want to go out and and be aggressive on. That's cool. But I just want to highlight Dominic Smith. Unfortunately, there's a little bit of downside there to this sleeper. So you have to at least equate for that in your roster construction. All right, let's go to another guy too. Now, Dan Harris, my colleague, loves Drew Smiley. Now, he has made many, many comments about Drew Smiley in the last couple of weeks. I want to hear a rebuttal. Why do you not like Drew Smiley? Tell me why people are talking too much about him and uh, give, give me, we could settle Dan Harris down a little bit. Well, it's, it's funny. We both have co-hosts. Uh, I have Toby Batflip Crazy, who's in love with uh Drew Smiley as well, so I always get to... We should get these yeah, two guys together. They should have a bonfire. Maybe we'll set them up. Oh, blind date. Yes, blind, blind baseball date. Uh, Drew Smiley date. blind date. So much fun. Um, but <laughs> you got Drew Smiley, okay? Hey, his velocity's up. He looks great. Awesome. He did it for 26 innings. 26. This is a guy with constant mm-hmm. arm issues, shoulder issues. Um, he hasn't gone deep in a season in a couple years. 
I don't see that changing anytime soon. We've already seen him get shellacked in spring training, which um, looked like the Drew Smiley of like three or four years ago. So I'm just going to temper expectations there. We mentioned how Morton is going to throw a lot of innings. Soroka will be back in May. Uh, Freed's there. They're going to. They have a slew of young, talented arms. Drew Smiley isn't going to get asked to do a ton. He's going to be asked to do just enough. So don't get excited uh, for Drew Smiley's big strikeout upside to carry you uh, in your fantasy team. Uh, I agree. Just too many injuries for me. Yeah. That's it. Age, injuries, all this stuff. And, you know, I, I know sometimes things work out. And, of course, this is the guy who, you know, every year ends up drafting Rich Hill on his team. <laughs> I'm saying this. The but, blister god. But, you know, but the blister god. But you know what? But but Rich Hill, every now and then, he'll have a run. Yeah. I like that. Drew Smiley's runs are few and far between for me. So I, I'm with you. I'm out there. Last one for me is Austin Hayes. So we're going to kind of talk about another Oriole here. And I like Austin Hayes. By by all accounts, the track record in the Meyer League should equate to a better major league player. But sometimes that doesn't happen. And here's the point I'm going to make about Austin Hayes. And it's that, yes, there's only so many years that we can do this, where we can keep making excuses of Austin Hayes is a guy to watch. And we did that, I think, in 2018. And then we did it in 2019. And then we did it in 2020. And now we're doing it again in 2021. And I want to stop everybody from doing it. Enough. There's other guys you can find. There's other guys you can draft around that same ADP. But people are really talking about Austin Hayes, Austin Hayes. And yes, the at-bats are probably going to be there. But so far, the return on investment has not been. And that's just something I want to bring to everybody's intention. So these are the sleepers. And I'm going to recount them for everybody, too, to get your your paper and pencil or your little your note situation there, whatever you got going on on your, uh, on your iPad or however you're doing stuff. Uh, so we've got Austin Hayes, Dominic Smith, Dane Dunning, Luis Patino, Casey Mize, and Bubba's got Smiley Kane, Madrigal, Edwin Rios, Ryan Mountcastle. So those are our sleepers to avoid. Now, if they come at a huge discount and you really do still like them, we're not saying never draft anybody. We're like the million dollar yeah. man here. Everyone's got a price. Everybody has a price. That's right. Everybody's got a and price. And you know that what these guys' price might be, Joe? They might be what? great DFS plays, just not season long plays. Exactly. Like there's gonna be days mm-hmm. where we might look at Casey Mize as a second pitcher on DK yep. and go, Man, I like the upside. He's got a good shot today. Yep. That's okay. You could still get involved with these guys. That's what DFS was made for, for God's yep. sakes. All right, we're gonna play a game. We're gonna do a little would you rather, but before we do. I want to do a little mailbag here and answer your questions. I love when people get us the questions. So I want to start with our boy Daniel Vick, who is a very avid listener of the show. You can follow him on Twitter at dvick331. He says, first off, love the pod. Thanks, Daniel. We love you, too. Uh, Which positions are you taking or, excuse me, attacking early, knowing that the position lacks depth? Thanks. And that's from Daniel Vick. Uh, I know it's second base. I keep driving this home. You mentioned about Simeon having that eligibility eventually. I think DJ LeMahieu in the early third round is one of the best picks you can make on the board this year. I don't like the middle of second base. And guess what? It drops off a cliff. So for me, it's second base. I know some people would say catcher, but all catchers suck. So don't even go in there. So for you, what position are you really worried about? I like second base. For me, it's also third base. Um, there's yeah, there's like there's like an elite tier of third baseman, but the drop off there is nasty as well, and so that gets kind of murky for me. It's like if you miss some of the first guys, do you want to be stuck with Austin Riley? Like there's potential there, but it doesn't make you sleep well. So like like third base and second base, I'm trying to make sure I leave with certain guys. I have I have kind of bullet points at all positions, but for me, I'd say third base is another guy I'm trying to leave with. And if you want to be really shysty in your drafts, 
grab <laughs> two of them early because that'll just hurt oh. your opponents. Because I just did that in Razzlam, my corner infield and my my uh, third baseman back to back rounds, and it, 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 it starts depleting the pool quickly. Drain the pool, yep. baby. Hashtag drain the pool. I'll also say this. The deeper the league, attack starting pitching early. Yes, I 100%. I'm telling you right now, it's the, there is a cliff there, and you're going to fall off of it to your death. It's the, okay? it's the Just innings be, game, too. I got, it's It's huge. the innings game. It's it's the what do I feel good about, who do I feel good about, and who do I count on to bounce back after everybody was out of routine last mm-hmm. year. And frankly, it's just not the young guys. Nope. It's just not. I'm taking the young guys, but if you've thrown 200 innings in the past, you've been circled on my draft board, and I'm looking at you. You know who you are. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, Prime 21 at 2020 RIC. Brighter future, Novelle Marte or Royce Lewis 2023 realistic? Uh, I'm going to say Marte on this one. I, I'm just a fan. I, I like Marte. I like what I've seen so far in the minor leagues. That's where I go. I know some people like Lewis better. Bubba, do you have a feeling on these two prospects? Yeah, I'm going to go Marte as well. Uh, he should get the bump to maybe double or even triple A this year. With uh, I don't know what he did on the offsite last year, but I like his upside a lot. They have him right behind Jason Dominguez and their their program, which is an awesome level there. And, uh, you know, Lewis, the, the injury is a concern. So you got to see how he comes back from that. So give me Marte. All right, one of our listeners, always of the show, too. Pig Bird Jet Fan, one of the great Twitter That's handles of all time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's in a 10-team AL-only 5x5 auction. Any suggestions on how, whether to spend on closers? Normal budget's 260, so it's a 5x5 AL-only league auction format. Uh, I got to tell you, I'd be looking for guys like Kirby Yates. That, that's I would look for the upside, a guy who, if he's healthy and right, man, he's going to return that auction value potentially because he's kind of he's not in that top tier. Um, how would you approach this in AL only this year with those bullpens? I would also be looking at cheaper guys too, like Hunter Harvey. I would, I would, that's another, I would make sure maybe you go high, low, you know, maybe you go with a Chapman, you spend, and then you go at Hunter Harvey second and you go to the bottom end. Cause I think he's going to be cheap, but how would you attack this in AL only? I would spend up and get Liam Hendricks. That's what I'd really want. Cause you okay. have 30, Hendricks, 30 yeah. save upside, the innings, the store, the, the, the strikeouts. And then I like the idea of spending up and then going low, get a bunch of those guys like, you mentioned Harvey, his teammate Tanner Scott. They're both going to come into saves. Uh, go get um, a Fairbanks on Tampa Bay because everyone wants Nick Anderson. Fairbanks will come in cheap. I would invest in Rosenthal. Too, yeah, Bob. I like Rosenthal quite a bit as well. But there, I think he's another good. There's, there's a lot of the cheaper guys, like the backup closers and waiting, like Texas, Jolie Rodriguez, or something. Like you can get them super cheap, a buck, two bucks, and that'll help you a long ways in an A only. Hendricks also brings a cool accent yes. to the table. Yes, he Just does. Just want to put that out there. All right, thank you again, everybody, for your mailbag questions. So, Bubba. Look, I can't let you go yet because, you know, you and me is just never enough time. Never. So let's play a little Would You Rather. You know, I changed the game up on you. I was going to play another game. It's like, no, no, no. Bob and I are too close. Let's play a little <laughs> Would You Rather instead. So this is a very simple one. They've all got, a, you know, baseball twinges to it. We'll see if we get Dodgered halfway through, whatever that means. <laughs> all right. Number one. Would you rather draft at the number one or draft at the very bottom of a draft? And let's say 2021 this year. I hate the middle. Yeah. I hate it. I never. If I see seven or eight, I'm just miserable because I don't like how I'm basically being dictated to, and it's bad enough because I like auction more. So how about you? Would you rather be at the top, or are you one of these people that sees that value of being at like the 12 or the 15 or whatever it might be in that league and doubling up there with two great players? Yeah, I like the point you made. In the middle, you're kind of at the flow of the draft, and you succumb to it. The ends, I like it because it makes you take your guys, makes you get your players. Um, I prefer the end of the draft this year, 2021, and it goes back to the pitching comment. If you want to load up on pitching mm-hmm. early, 
you can lock in two really, really strong pitchers right out the gate, and then you feel so much better going forward, and there's plenty of bats to attack. If you start at the top, you can get an elite bat or elite arm, but that, that comeback point, the elite arms are a little different than they are at the back end. So I prefer like the 12 to 15 range right now, but hey, just know the player pool. You can make anything happen. And this is important because the conversation like in NFBC stuff where they have the KDS and those yep. you don't know, it's that Kentucky Derby style where you rank what position you want to draft from and then it generates the draft order. Um, I'll tell you, like for me this year, give me the elite, especially in a 12-team league, yep. I can make up the pitching deficit. Uh, in TGFBI, I actually had a one and I took Juan Soto. I was very happy. And then I took Kershaw and Gallon next. Yep. And I ended up with uh, Aaron Judge and Nelson Cruz when it came back to me. So whenever I'm going to attack pitching early, I'm always looking for those utility guys. Cruz, Alvarez, Martinez, those three guys are always circled on my board to make up the deficit that Bubba's talking about. That's from a strategy standpoint, too. But Bubba's right, too. Like, give me the ends. Just give me the ends. I love getting some super elite talent, though, if I can, because it's just fun to have one of those guys. Uh, but then again... I had a lot of ones and twos picks in NFL this year, and I had a lot of Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Yep. And, well, but it didn't work out. No, in, Still, injuries uh, happen. Injuries happen. All right, number two here. This is a little Giants question for you. Would you rather have your San Francisco Giants make the playoffs this year, no guarantees, just make the playoffs, or sweep the Dodgers 19-0 in the regular season? Uh, sweep the Dodgers. That's not even close. That's not not even close. <laughs> Because you just said make the playoffs. I know they wouldn't get far in the playoffs, but if the Dodgers could win the World Series, but if we went nineteen and zero, oh, they would never hear the answer from me. I, I okay, it's all too right. Good. I, I since you answered so quickly, I will I will rephrase. If I could guarantee you the Giants make the World Series, I can't guarantee you win, but just get to the World Series. Would you rather have that, or would you rather have? beat the Dodgers 19 and out. See, that's tougher because it means the Dodgers didn't get to the World Series, so they spent all that money and <laughs> failed again. So that would be fun. But I'm going to go 19 and 0 because that's one of those things they <laughs> it's one of those things they've never done and it'll never happen again and it's just you could hold that over their head forever. Like that's so fun. I, I love it. I love I love the hate of the Dodger yeah. San Francisco Giant rivalry. It's so good. All right, last one, would you rather you and I are both facial hair guys. Mm -hmm. um, you know, me, you could change. Like yesterday on, on a BP show, I had the full beard. Today, it's all taken down. Any given time, we've got goatees. We've got all things. We have to play around with the facial hair because we have deficits on the top hair, <laughs> as you can see here from Bubba and myself. And this is why you watch us on YouTube, yeah. too, because we're very entertaining. Not just the singing, but as you can see us here, you know, in the two box framed here. So lovely. Um, yeah, go watch us on Fantasy Pros MLB channel. This is the place. you got to watch the show, not just listen to the pod. But here you go. Would you rather go a full season with the Mike Fires monkey tail beard? You know, that weird, creepy, terrible thing that he the had? Question mark. Or, or the Raleigh Fingers classic handlebar mustache, which you have to really maintain quite a bit. you got to do that curl thing. It, it seems like there's a lot of oils involved. I don't know what's going on there, but it seems like very high maintenance. But the other one... You know, the monkey beard is, it's like a trend now. Yeah. I see it's like a, it's a weird thing. So monkey beard or handlebar mustache, would you rather? Before the kid, I would have said handlebar mustache early, but now that's another thing for them to grab. So that becomes very <laughs> difficult. Um, so I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the monkey, monkey bar beard because that she still pulls on what I have now. If I can only imagine Raleigh fingers going on there, she'd be having all kinds of fun with that. So give me the monkey, monkey beard. Uh, I can't, I'm not doing the monkey beard. I'm not doing me. I'm gonna do the the, the classic Raleigh. I fingers, would love the I'm Raleigh more of a villain. Well, you're more distinguished. 
I, I, yeah, I, I have that, yeah, I'm a distinguished gentleman. Why, thank you, Bubs. I can see I, you with I your am, oracle. I, and... <laughs> yeah, I, I've got my monocle and I've got my, I've got my little handlebar mustache. It's very, you know, and I could kind of tweak it and, and do this and kind of twirl it and talk about players that I don't, Randy Rosarina, I don't care for you. No, you're not, a, I'm not a big fan of yours. Yes. Mm, you don't, I think there's a lot of swing and miss there that people haven't seen quite a bit. Yeah, yes. And I'm just twirling that mustache. Over and over. Uh, it's making me want to think about maybe making that commitment, oh, it's, but it's I don't happening. know if I can afford all the oils. Uh, it gets wild. Maybe get a sponsor. Yeah, sponsor. Manscaped's got to have an oil, right? Manscaped sponsors Jimmy, every podcast. Jimmy, get on that. We, <laughs> you know, I just got a huge, you know, I, he, they are one of our sponsors here on Fantasy <laughs> Pros. Doing it out there. Get ready. Get ready. By June, you might see that bad boy on Joey P. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's going to be amazing. All right. So uh, I want to remind everybody, Fantasy Baseball Fest is coming this Friday. Bubba will be back for that. Eric Cross talking about breakouts. we got great pitcher conversations with Alec Fass and Nick Pollock. They're going to argue about pitchers. One likes and the other one doesn't. That should be great. We're going to do draft strategy with Bogman and Welsh. We're going to do projection stuff with Ariel. We're going to do strategy stuff uh, and some other fun things with Chris Meany. It's just, it's a great group of people. And it's from 12 to 4 Eastern this coming Friday, our Fantasy Baseball Fest at Fantasy Pros. And there's only one way for you to get in on it. And that is youtube.com slash fantasy pros MLB. So please subscribe. Okay. It's so easy. You go to fantasy pros MLB on YouTube, click subscribe, click the notifications. Boom. You're in, you're there. You're with us. You are one of us. And Dan Harris and I, five days a week are going to be doing a show on there and it's going to be amazing. So you're going to want to see that also. It's going to be fantastic stuff. So again, fantasy pros MLB, that's where you want to be. And while you're at it, make sure you also go to fantasypros.com slash draft wizard and get that MLB draft assistant with sync. It will sync up to your league. Doesn't matter if it's uh, if it's a regular snake draft or an auction draft. It's going to sync up. It's going to tell you where the value is. It's going to project things for your team. You're going to see all the stats, all the numbers, all the ADP, all the top lifts. And that's what it's all about. It's about winning. We like to win here. We're winners, right, Bubba? Yes. 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 Winning is everything. Yes. Remember that. Winning is everything. That's right. You're not first, you're last. Yep. Okay. So go to fantasypros.com slash draft wizard. Get that MLB draft assistant with sync. Use it and use the draft wizard while you're at it to prepare for all your drafts. It's fantastic stuff. And the only thing better than that is my good friend Casey Bubba. And again, you can follow him on the Twitter machine at BDentrek. That's B D E N T R E K. Uh, he's the host of Benched with Bubba. Bubba, what else you got going on? Because I know you and the boys are going to be back at Line Star pretty soon doing DFS shows. I will miss yep. talking to you every day, but I expect to see quite a bit of you throughout the season. Yes, I, I'll miss that as well. So we'll have to make up for it in another way, of course. But uh, yeah, Line Star coming up. But the, the On Deck podcast, five days a week with the boys from ITL, Bogman and the Welsh. More info on that coming out soon. Uh, just got to have you know, written content at Fantasy DJs, Roto Baller, all that fun stuff. Uh, just follow me on Twitter. I, I tweet a lot. I tweet a lot, a little too much probably, but uh, lots, lots of fun there. <laughs> and um, yeah, if, if you can tell between this conversation between me and Joey, um, we like to have fun about, about life, about sports, about fantasy. So if you just want to have fun with it, come give me a follow. <laughs> and he's one of my contributors to the Fantasy yes. Baseball Black Book, which you can get on Amazon and get ready for your drafts there as well. Uh, Bubba, great stuff as always. You're my brother from another mother. I love having you on the show. I love talking fantasy with you. That'll do it for us, but the story of the game goes on. For Casey Bubba, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. 